Welcome to foreverfit.tv, your online source for fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle. With your host, Nicola Riley, personal trainer, nutrition, and lifestyle coach, here to help you get in the best shape of your life. Sometimes when we struggle to stay on track with our food and our exercise, it actually has more to do with the reason why we are doing what we're doing than the actual doing it itself. So the important thing to know is what is it that actually motivates you to get fitter and to get healthier? Is that reason a good enough reason to motivate you in the hard times? And is this going to help you long term or is this more of a short term fix? Getting your goals right is really important to helping you succeed and succeed over time. Hey, welcome to ForeverFit.tv. I'm Nicola Riley, and new this week, we have had first week of boot camp, and it is awesome. So we've got the leaderboard going, and we've got people <clears throat> putting in their fitness scores from all over the world, and it is so awesome to see just people getting involved, and, and the online gym Facebook page, like we've set up a community Facebook page, is going awesome as well. Everyone's motivating each other and meeting each other, and it's just a really cool environment, and there's a real good buzz about the whole online boot camp, so... If you haven't checked it out, make sure that you do. There is still an, It is still in the online gym, so it's available for you to do it any time you wish. Um, all it means that you'll just not be doing it at the same time as everybody else. But you could start the online boot camp today if you wanted to, and you could enter in your fitness scores and just see how you went. Because we're going to be giving away prizes at the end of this boot camp, so it's five weeks long. And there's going to be all sorts of prizes, so we're also going to be doing like a halfway challenge, which I'm excited about, so that's going to turn up next week, because people are on week two this week, so at the two and a half week point, there's going to be a halfway challenge, the prize is up for grab for that, and then there's also like, we're going to do a prize giving at the end, so there's going to be prizes for like most improved, and all sorts of different prizes out there, so... You have to get your points on the leaderboard though, and you have to get your points on the leaderboard at the end of the boot camp too. So that's the only criteria, and obviously also doing the boot camp as well, but making sure you're getting in your scores on that leaderboard. So it's pretty exciting, and um, yeah, so there's menus and meal plans, and everybody's sharing. It was Easter over the weekend, everyone's sharing all their amazing clean eating Easter treats that they've been making so get involved and so this week I've also put up a whole lot of um, new podcasts so this is the Forever Fit main podcast and so this is a, a longer version of the podcast and I generally talk about a few topics and I go into really big detail and the other podcast I also do is called Ask the Personal Trainer and this is a much shorter podcast and it's where I just answer one listener question and I go into detail on that one listener question. So those are all new on foreverfit.tv, check them out. And also um, a couple of new recipes too. So I've been getting my, my cooking hat on and been putting them up. So some nice yummy um, chocolatey treats for Easter and also some really good salads too. So some fresh ideas to keep you on track. So today I've got um, a few topics that I want to talk about and the first one it was from a question that came in and it sparked up just, I just want to explain a bit more about what actually adrenal fatigue is and what it means and 
um, where you go to from if you sort of think you have adrenal fatigue. So adrenal fatigue is something that is often misinterpreted and what adrenal fatigue in general is, it's your body's expressing its inability to be able to keep up with the stress demands that are on it. So if you were to just treat adrenal fatigue or identify that you've got adrenal fatigue or somebody said you've got adrenal fatigue, that's sort of useless information because it's not telling you why you've got adrenal fatigue in the first place and if you're just treating the symptom of adrenal fatigue you're not actually getting to the root cause of why you've got it and going to be fixing the actual problem so there's a really good quote and um, that is people who sleep well and awaken easily probably have nature's own timing device in perfect balance between the division of the two autonomic nervous systems. So this is um, Edith Dove-Smith, uh, it's quote, and it's about, so when we've got a parasympathetic nervous system and a sympathetic nervous system, and when we are stressed, uh, we activate our sympathetic nervous system, and this is when we've got fight or flight, and we are running away from the tiger, being chased down the street, and our body, our adrenaline's pumping, and our cortisol's pumping. And this type of stress, this is stress, and this is how our body typically sees stress, and so this is that's um, your body's trying to cope with that kind of stress. But other things that cause that sort of stress response can be internal stress, so this could be from um, like parasites, infections, gut infections, it could be from leaky gut, food intolerances, all these kind of things can cause the similar sort of stress response on your body. So can lack of sleep, so can the wrong foods, so can um, like non-frequency of meal planning, like trying to do, um, eat like eating the wrong foods at the wrong times. Um, there's a whole combination of things that affect, that create a stress response on your body. And then you've got the opposite of that, which is your parasympathetic nervous system, which is where your body rests and digests. It's calm and it's, it's where breathing happens. It's where um, all the autonomic things sort of happen in your body and allow, allow you to slow down. So when we sleep well and we eat well and we wake with ease, we have a really good balance between these two systems. So... One isn't better than the other, they're there for a reason and you need to have that stress response and you need to have that rest and digest and, and easy response as well. So when we are in good health balance, that's when those two systems are working beautifully together. So when you've got adrenal fatigue, you're, they, they aren't and basically your body's working overtime to keep up with the stress demands. And so the reason you've got to get to why the body is working overtime and what to work out why you've got adrenal fatigue. So first thing you've got to understand is we've got this HPA axis in our body, the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, and this is um, like a major part of the neuroendocrine system and it controls your body's reaction to stress. The HPA axis is like your body's hub and so when you um, get stressed, it increases the amount of adrenaline and noradrenaline that's produced and this is what influences your body's response to how it, it works with different things in your body. So if you're stressed, it's going to 
if like adrenaline or adrenaline has been produced, it's going to affect like glucose metabolism. It's going to affect um, like your digestion. It's going to be does it shut down or does it? Um, if you're in your parasympathetic nervous system, it would be working, but if you're in a sympathetic, it would be shut down. Reproductive function is inhibited. Immunity is suppressed. Um, when you've got high levels of cortisol, your pain perception gets altered. And also when you've got high levels of stress as well, you've got enhanced like cognitive and sensory skills. So we're often um, like wired and, and we're able to focus. So um, coming back to getting the balance between the two is really important. So the thing to understand, so if somebody has caffeine, this might enhance that sort of cognitive sensory skills, but at the same time it's making the body produce extra cortisol than what the body needs and so over time if you're constantly asking the body to um, find that, um, that that focus and the the wired place you're going to over time burn out and because you're not getting the balance right because you've always got to come back to getting the balance right in your body so if the stress keeps persisting this negative feedback loop starts happening in the HPA axis and it will continue to create this negative feedback loop if you never get the recovery time because oftentimes we will go into adrenal fatigue but then we're able to pull ourselves back out of it so there might be times when it's work and you've been um, just under a whole lot of pressure and you know that there's an end in sight and that's when you pull yourself back, you take some time out, you chill out, you start to bring everything back and you're able to just balance the body out. And this is when it comes down to understanding what is producing that cortisol spike and what is actually happening in your body. And if it's environmental and stress and work, this is where you have control over bringing the balance back and being able to um, like get the body healthy again. And this is where we want to make sure that we're not doing the opposite. So we're continuing to constantly drive and living off caffeine and sugar and just constantly on this high and trying to, you know, just do too much because we need to understand that in order to get stronger, to get fitter, to um, be healthier, we need this yin-yang approach to our life. We need to have some... um, some stuff that stresses us mildly and stuff that makes us stronger but then we need to have like the yoga and the meditation and the sleep and the rest and the recovery and if you don't have that balance between the yin and the yang like a peace sign that is when you burn out and you get sick so if like your body goes through this day in and day out that you get like a stress response but then you get the recovery and, and you adapt so this is why like sleep is really important and also getting a really good balance in your week and this is why like for example in the boot camp I've got so much um, emphasis on like the balance in your week so we have like yoga halfway through your week there's lots of walking and there's recovery days and it's all balanced out beautifully so that you you work hard and then you pull yourself back because too often people train incredibly hard and they're and they're like thrashing the body day in and day out and then they're like living off caffeine and just not getting the recovery that the body needs and this is like prime example of somebody who might start running and they go out running every day and thrashing the pavements and for somebody to go from unfit to suddenly trying to run 30 minutes three or four times a week this is a lot of stress on the body because it's a lot of big changes happening fast 
and you've got to build your body up so that fitness becomes not so stressful so that when you are doing um, your running you are balancing it out within your week and you're making sure you're doing certain sorts of runs and like I said this is why I've got these programs in the online gym and like the boot camp is perfectly balanced so you've got your yoga you've got lots of walking you've got sprints you've got a, one long run on the weekend and it's just really well combined so that you're getting some good um good balance without the stress and you're getting the recovery in there as well so when when we get stressed from environmental or from lifestyle it's easy for us to balance out because it's it's very obvious what is happening like we know that we've got all this work going on and we just you know our lives are hectic but then we plan ourselves a holiday or we take a weekend off or an afternoon off and we're able to bring it back the problem lies when often um, adrenal fatigue comes from some hidden stresses inside and so the body's responding in the same way and so if you don't treat those hidden stresses and get to the problem that is at bay then you're constantly going to be um, well you're never going to fix the results and you're constantly just going to be having this adrenal fatigue and you might be taking supplements for the adrenal fatigue but you're not fixing the actual problem that's going on so it's important to get to know what is happening with your body and if you are fatigued but you have got your balance right and have got everything right then you want to um, uncover what's going on in the body and and start with your food start with eating a really clean diet make sure you're eating food that's non-inflammatory you uh, um, take out the common foods that cause irritation you know you gluten and cut out dairy cut out wheat and just eat like non non-gluten grains and go for your meats vegetables good quality fats and just get the really good quality food into your body and start there and then making sure that you're getting your good exercise and balance with all of that good quality night's sleep and all this information is in the online gym and you can do those nutrition lifestyle questionnaires and guess get make sure that you've got all those sorts of boxes ticked and then you want to start to find out what else is going on and if there's any other issues happening and that's where um, some testing can can help out or you can just get in touch and we can see what else is going on so when you there's different stages of adrenal fatigue so like stage one and stage stage two I've just talked about and often um, like stage three is when you can where it's the most dangerous and this is where your stress levels might go go up but they and they stay up there and they'll never come down and this is usually because of an internal stressor because you may have balanced life out and cut out the caffeine cut out the sugar you've got the good quality night's sleep but there's something bigger going on and when the adrenals are fatigued this is when it's no longer able to respond to those stress responses so this is when it's actually not able to produce cortisol that your body needs and it may have in the past actually stolen cortisol from like doing a pregnenolone steal where it actually steals cortisol from other pathways in your body and so this then affects your estrogen your testosterone and your other hormones but over time 
it's not able to do this and so this is when your energy starts to get really low and you're really struggling in the morning afternoons are a drag or then you might get this sort of wide in the evening kind of feel and so this is a really good sign that things are starting to get out of balance and so this is where you've got to come back to food getting make sure that's right get off the caffeine get off anything that's a stimulant to your body and just start to bring that balance back with um, what I talked about before with your autonomic nervous systems, making sure you're getting balance into your life, getting good quality food, and just start to really nourish that body because it's really important this time, at this time so that you're able to bring everything back into balance. So the other thing is um, if you lead this for too long, it can... If, you, if the stress response happens for too long, it can lead to other dysfunctions in your body as well. So adrenal fatigue on the simplest form is, is a symptom. And you can, if it's from an external sources, it's really... Um, it, it's about understanding the balance between um, the yin and the yang, getting the balance right, pulling things back into balance... We are designed to be able to have stress in our lives, but then you have to be smart enough to pull back and let the body recover. So don't freak out if you've got a stressful week or a stressful month, because that's that's life. But understand that after that, you need to pull back. So you're not, we're not machines. Our bodies aren't, aren't designed to go all the time. So if if you have even if you have a bad night's sleep or you have a bad day and you're exhausted, understand that you're exhausted and then do what you can to help fill that glass up again. And and there's so many little tricks you can do just to help like build your energy back up. And it can be things like, um, you know, walking instead of going and doing your training. It can be... Um, having a really nourishing dinner, making sure you're getting lots of water on board, getting salt in your water, lemon in your water, making sure you get to bed really early. Even, you know, don't turn the TV on. If you're exhausted and you usually watch TV at night time, don't turn the TV on at this at, on this night and go go to bed incredibly early and just read a book and, and just lie in bed and just notice how restoring just the act of... You know, just being still and heading to bed early. You may not feel, um, fall asleep early because it's not your normal bedtime, but just that act of, you know, just stopping and stopping the mundane routine of your day in and day out and just get to bed early. Even having baths, like Epsom salt baths, helps the body recover and de-stress. It boosts magnesium. Doing some, like, Dry brushing, foam rolling, all these things help with detoxification, lymphatic drainage, blood flow, and all of those things help recovery, um, bring cortisol down, and allow the body to de-stress. Um, chamomile tea, uh, having like a really nice relaxing um, day. Even if you've got a real stressful week, why not book in for a massage and just help the body recover? Have it in, a massage in the evening. So that, because um, often when you have a massage, you get quite, uh, like, exhausted, especially if you don't get them regularly. You might find that you feel quite lethargic after a massage. So have a massage um, late in the afternoon, and then just have an afternoon where you're just chilling out, and then get to bed really early, and notice how incredible you feel the next day. So 
just doing little tweaks to your life just to help balance it out is really important. So if, if for some reason you think you've got like adrenal fatigue or someone's or a friend or just that, that word seems to get thrown around quite a lot, understand why you've got it, understand that you can pull it back and you can bring the body back into balance and if it's like internal then you need to be making sure that you're addressing the root cause and understanding exactly what's going on, finding out whether or not you've got food intolerances, um, making sure that you haven't got any sort of infections in the body and and also then just helping to balance the body out so getting to the root cause of what's going on and if it's stressful stressful day in and day out life then that's where you've got to make sure that you balance out your weekends with your weekdays or your evenings with your crazy mornings or that yin yang and approach okay so my next question is how often are we supposed to eat should we eat four to five meals per day or three large meals or should i do like fasting and go two meals per day so this is a really great question and food frequency is one of the most important things for you to learn to understand in order to help you achieve your health goals so coming back to adrenal fatigue there are many external and internal sources that cause stress in our lives and food frequency can be one of those things that can cause an adrenal response in the body. So if your body has had a blood sugar crash, this can spike cortisol levels up. So stabilizing our blood sugar levels is really important for managing adrenal stress and our cortisol levels. So nutrition is one of the most important environmental influences on our body. So the amazing thing for you to understand is that you have this most incredible tool to make yourself feel amazing and this is the food that is in front of you. This food can have a reaction that is negative or it can have a reaction that is positive (laughs) and how you um, control the timings of your meals can have a response on your body that's either positive or negative as well. So we get caught up into thinking that it's supposed to be four to five or even six small meals a day or we're supposed to do three square meals or we're supposed to even go down to two two meals a day. And we can get really confused as to what is right for us and that we should be trying things. And the thing to understand is that every single one of us is different. We've all got a different metabolic type and we've all got a different like blueprint in our body and, the, and what our body needs for food. So for one person, they might need um, a more carbohydrate-based diet. And the thing is with carbohydrates is generally they are used up quicker in the body. And so if if you're uh, more of a carbohydrate-type person, you're going to be wanting to have smaller meals more frequently throughout the day. If you're more of a protein type who's having more um, protein, fats, with like you're still having carbs, but it's a much more heavier meal, these type of meals are going to last you much longer. So you might be working well off three meals per day. If you're more of a mixed type, which is where I sit, it will be a combination of the two. And there might be days where you have three meals per day, and there might be days where you have Um, four to five meals per day but they're smaller meals and these things are all dependent on the stress levels they're dependent on the workouts that I've done and they're dependent on what else is going on in the the body and what I want you to um, learn about your body is what does it need on this day 
don't get caught up into diets and get caught up into what is the right way and sticking into thinking, okay, I'm going to do, I'm not going to try intermittent fasting or a fasting window or I'm going to do four to five square meals, four to five small meals per day because that's what so-and-so does. Get out of that trap because as soon as you start to focus you take this massive weight off your shoulders when you start to just let go of what you should be doing and you start to look at what is right for you on this day and just really understanding exactly what your body needs. And so when you, if you were to have a really high protein breakfast, you generally are going to, that meal is going to last you quite a long time and you're going to be able to have good sustained energy for much longer whereas if you were to have more of a a light carbohydrate breakfast that's a much more quick meal and it's it's absorbed much quicker and generally you've got to also make sure as well before I go too far into that is that you've always got protein in your meals because it's about stabilizing blood sugar levels so this is not by any means me telling you that you should be having a high carbohydrate breakfast lunch or dinner this is about always making sure you've got protein and fats in your dinner but the amount of carbohydrate proportion compared to your protein portion might be slightly different for you as it is for me and this is going to be dependent on each day and it always means that you're making sure it's real food so for somebody that their breakfast might be oats and it might be some steel cut oats, gluten free of course, and they're prepared properly and they're um, beautiful, nourishing, you know, a really amazing dish. And for somebody who's a carbohydrate type, this might be an incredible breakfast for them and they might have a boiled egg on the side. And so this is, as you can see, is quite a carbohydrate based breakfast or another carbohydrate based breakfast might be like a... Um, a juice, a green juice that's got a lot of um, like vegetable carbs in there and then they might have um, some like avocado with some nuts on the side and this is low in protein but it's high in carbs so just the proportions are slightly different but this might be an incredible breakfast for somebody and it's amazing nourishing ingredients and it's full of power for that person whereas somebody else might need more like for myself I do really well off a meat based breakfast or an egg like a three egg omelette with some good quality fats and then I might have a piece of fruit and this is a much more um, protein type based breakfast and I know this works well for me and if I was to have this breakfast I don't have to eat till lunchtime and it, it makes me fuels me for a long time and I know it stabilizes my blood sugar levels my brain is working awesome and this to me is my power breakfast and then for somebody else it might be the opposite so you've got to learn to understand exactly how your body works and what makes it work its best and then also understand that each day is different so you might some sometimes I might like I'll have a high protein dinner but then once a week I, I might feel quite tired and, and this is like generally on a Saturday or a Sunday night and this is where I've got to have more of a, a carbohydrate based dinner and this is where like um, roast vegetables come in for me or um, like a pumpkin soup is awesome this is like a real it just gives me that little bit of extra carbs to give me some energy and then but then on other nights of the week it's not so 
it's just too much for me. So it's just starting to find patterns and forming um, understanding exactly what fuel your body needs day in and day out. How does it change with training and what does your body need and how does your body react to that food? So in order to answer your question frequency like how often you should be eating is completely personal so the first question you've got to ask yourself is is this meal stabilizing my blood sugar levels is this lowering my cortisol and my adrenaline so if you are having a meal that's got like caffeine and sugar in it this is not stabilizing your blood sugar levels and this is going to be spiking your adrenaline. So this is then going to create like a, a stress response in your body and this is going to cause like your blood sugar levels to crash in about an hour and then you're just going to be craving more food. So you actually end up eating a whole lot more food than what your body needs and you're creating this constant stress response in your body. So when you turn up to your, to your meal and when you're making a choice of what you're going to be eating, ask yourself... Is this meal going to stabilize my blood sugar? Has it got protein in it? Has it got good quality fats in it? And has it got um, some good quality carbs in it as well? So the other thing as well you need to ask yourself is, is this meal providing my body with as much nourishment as it needs for the demands that are on it for today? So if you aren't getting enough energy from like calories into your body, you're again going to be creating a stress response in your body. And this can, um, over time, cause more stress. And it's also, if your goal is weight loss, it's going to affect how um, much weight your body's able to, to lose. Because if your body is stressed, it's not going to be burning body fat. The other thing you need to ask yourself is, is there enough carbohydrates in this meal? Too often we go too protein and too fat tight, um, too much protein and too much fat, and our body needs some good quality glucose in order for like energy production, in order to keep our thyroid hormone healthy, in order for um, our other hormones to stay healthy. And we got to have a little bit of glucose in our diet, but this is good quality glucose. So this is from like getting making sure you're getting some good quality carbs into your diet so it could be some fruit it could be some like sweet potatoes some rice some quinoa just getting some good quality all-round carbs and is going to help stabilize like your body making sure you get enough nutrients so that your brain can function so that stress levels stay down and you stay um stay healthy the other thing you want to make sure is that is this meal going to reduce my cravings? So if you are depriving your body of nutrients, you're going to be setting yourself up for cravings. So when your body craves, it's generally it's calling out for more nutrients. Something's depriving of it. So when you do create meals, what can you do to make that meal more nourishing and more nutrient dense? And what can you um, do to make sure the body feels fulfilled and sustained from that food that you've eaten. So if you're eating a high sugar or high carb food, this is not going to be providing your body with nutrients. And so very soon you're going to get this blood sugar spike and your body's going to be asking, asking for more nutrients. The other thing you want to ask yourself is, is this meal going to balance my body out? 
after you have eaten, you want to have the sense of well-being. You want to have, um, you feel satisfied, you feel energized, and you feel like you could last a good few hours from that meal. If you have the wrong food and your body doesn't receive the right balance of nutrients, you're going to have like hormone fluctuations, you're going to get cravings, depressed frustration, like you'll be irritable, fatigue, headaches, um, you might get allergy or stuffy nose, um, an inability to focus on what you are doing, like your scatterbrain, dizziness, or so, like there's so many different things that can happen when you don't get your food right from that last meal. So when you have your food, so when you make your choice on your breakfast or your lunch, how do you feel after you've had that? Do you feel, you know, amazing? Do you feel a sense of well-being, satisfied? Do you, do you feel good from that meal? Or are you getting these sorts of reactions like scattery brain, headaches, gut problems? All like those, you, you know the sorts of symptoms that you'll get. So just ask yourself, am I getting any of those? And what can I do to make sure that I don't get those <clears throat> in the next meal? So the other thing I want to talk to you about today is sitting versus standing. Now, we get caught up in the trap of thinking that, you know, exercise, that we have to exercise, we have to work out. And I want you to understand the difference between exercise and movement. Exercise is like you put it into a workout and you do your workouts and you do your workouts throughout your week. But we need to move more. We are so used to like sitting at a table, sitting at a desk, sitting in a car, and this is the whole our whole environment that we've set up. Chairs are making us dumb and they're making us fat, and we need to step away from sitting in chairs all day and start to create an environment that brings more movement into your life. So, how can you make your environment a more movement savvy? life and how can you make your job more movement and day in and day out so with all the furniture that we have it's really easier easy for us to sort of lay on the couch and sit on the chair but there are so many cool things that you can do just to help your body become more movement more sorry more active and getting more movement and and there are things like you know stand up desk is the first thing that you can do and you can just put your computer up on on a table and I'm not saying that you've got to go out and buy a fancy stand-up desk because I have not got a fancy stand-up desk I put my computer up on the kitchen um what's it called um butcher's table bench thing and I sit it up on a couple of um you know the boxes that you get to put all your files in the like um you get them from like warehouse stationery there's quite thick boxes and I stick my laptop on a couple of those and I've got myself a stand-up desk. And I alternate between, um, like, each hour I'll, I'll move from, like, a stand-up desk to over to there. And then I might go do some do some errands and then I'll move back to doing something else. So each hour I'm making sure that there's some movement happening. So I don't end up spending, you know, four hours in the morning at a computer, four hours in the afternoon at a computer. It's all broken up and I'll slot in a workout at about um, before lunch and then I'll um, be like there's a walk with the dog first thing in the morning. There's all these little things you can do to create more movement. And the other thing as well is that we get tempted into thinking that we have to be at our computer at a desk and um, 
every now and then, why not sit on the floor with a book or if you've got to be doing, um, you know, looking at recipes, sit on the floor and if you've got an iPad if you've got or just a recipe book, instead of sitting in a chair again on a table or on a couch, sit on the floor, cross your legs and sit in a Hindu squat and look at a book. Another great thing that um, I've heard someone talk about is whenever they're talking to children, squat down and look at the children in the eyes so that you're at eye level with them. And so that every time your child speaks, you're doing a deep squat and you're looking at them in the eyes. I think this is the most fantastic thing. Unfortunately, I don't have kids, but I do it to the dog. And so like a dog is one of the most fantastic things to make yourself get more active and more mobile. And at about after I've spent you know, half a morning doing some work, I take a break where it's just, you know, I call Ellie and we just, I'm on the ground in the lounge and just, you know, moving, just playing with Ellie just for five seconds. That can be enough just to, you know, lift your energy up, make you feel really good and then you're just back on doing, doing what you were doing and it's just those little things just to help bring more energy into your life because if you've been sitting down for for longer than 90 minutes your energy is going to start to plummet and so the longer you're sitting down the more your energy and the more your body's going to start to feel lethargic and the last thing you're going to want to do is exercise so what by creating your days with more movement in them you're naturally going to be building your energy up and so then you're naturally going to be wanting to do more and this is going to lead you towards wanting to do a workout versus if you sit down all day then you at the end of the day you feel lethargic and you feel sleepy and just flat the last it's a really big shift to take yourself from doing a from sitting to then doing a really hard workout whereas if you're just moving all day and you spend some time at a stand-up desk and you you get outside and you do constantly you know every hour doing movement you're constantly keeping your energy up and then you're more likely to want to be able to go and do a workout the other thing to understand is that the more if you do do like a stand-up desk and you try it you'll notice that your body um, starts to adjust and you might find that say you spend two or three hours at a stand-up desk one day you're gonna be like oh my gosh the arches in my feet they're so sore I can't even stand on my own two feet and you start to notice that your abs are getting sore and you're starting to awaken all the postural structures in your body and it's one of the best things that you can do to help your body get fitter and just to become this more active person and so if when you do that and you start to have more standing time at your desk you're going to want to sort of do little stretches and you're going to rock your weight from one foot to another foot and you might put your foot up on a table or on a chair and you just sort of naturally want to stretch out little parts of your body and all these little movements again are just helping to build that glass of energy because if you imagine yourself as waking up in the morning and you're a glass half full you've got half a glass of water that's your body and then there's certain things that you can do to either lift that glass of water up so you're becoming more fuller or you can do things that make that glass more empty and sitting at a table all day and at a desk all day is gradually going to make that glass more empty whereas if you get more movement into your day you're gradually going to fill your glass up more and more and this is where you start to make your days more awesome. So how can you make your life 
have more have more movement in it. Gosh, if my phone's going crazy, sorry about all those texts. <laughs> I'll throw my phone away for a second. Um, that you. So how can you get more movement into your into your life? And so, and when you get more movement in, how can you get more? This is all going to get that more energy energy. And so combining activity into your life versus thinking that. You know, for, for, if you were to do a hit in the morning, do a high-intensity workout in the morning, and then you sit at a desk all day for eight hours, you're going to undo all the work and all the metabolism-boosting efforts of that workout. Whereas if you were an active person all day and you're getting movement in your day, and then you top that off with a hit workout, you're going to get all the strength benefits, the metabolism-boosting benefits, and you're going to get so much more out of that workout. So start to look at your life different and if there's one affirmation that I want you to get out of this podcast and that you were to take away and it's just that you're going to say I'm becoming a more active person I'm being more active and so what can I do today to be more active and if you say this every day your days are just going to become more filled with energy and you're just going to feel so much better about yourself. And simple things like starting your day off with a walk or ending your day with a walk, sitting on the floor, doing some stretches, reading a book on the floor, sitting on a beanbag, standing at a um, standing at a stand-up desk, doing yoga poses in your chair. Um, if you are sitting, like, um, watching something sit on the floor and watch it do some stretches do some foam rolling there's so many cool things that you can do just to help bring more movement into your life so the other thing is that when you are in a car especially like if you're in an automatic car you've got your left leg that just lies there limp doing not much and what this actually does is this actually sets our hips off balance And so I encourage you when you're actually in a car to put your left foot onto the left pad that is in the car that is actually there because too often we just bend that leg underneath and it sits there and we're sitting quite in balance on our hips. Actually push your left leg into that, that foot pad so that you balance out your hips and you just start to activate that whole left side of your body because too often we have got this lean going on. Even as I'm sitting here, I'm just going to straighten myself up. (laughs) We've got this lean going on in the body that is going to be affecting everything from how we sit to how we run to how we squat. So even the simple act of driving a car, can you make that more active and can you get your posture better in the car? Even when you're in the car, you can do sort of exercises as well. You can do isometric holds where you are squeezing your lats or you're squeezing your elbows into your side or squeezing your bottom. And even though this sounds a little odd, like it's what can you do today to be more active? So if you're stuck in a car for two hours or three hours driving, how can you make that more active? And there are things that you can do. You can increase your strength with isometric holds, doing a workout of isometric holds. So just as you would do 10 squats, you could be sitting in a car and you could be doing 10 clenches of your bum and hold it for 10 seconds each clench. Breathe. I'm clenching my bum right now, so I hope you are too. And then breathe out and let it release. You can do it with your arms. You could hold the steering wheel of the car and you can clench your arms to your side. So squeeze your elbows into your side, breathe, hold 10 seconds, and you repeat that squeeze 
like 10 times 10 and you're just going to notice how much better your energy is like you've activated your body and you've got it feeling really good and then if you're like at a stop sign and you've you know the car's not moving you can do some stretches in the car and make that feel really good and if you're like at an airport don't be afraid to get on the ground and stretch we're always afraid to be the weird person and I'm always the weird person when we go somewhere or you know just doing workouts and weird places and people watching or stretching and just don't be afraid to I was speaking to a bunch of ladies last week and it was set up with all these chairs and I said don't be afraid to sit on the floor and stretch and you know by the end of it people were lying on their back stretching out their glutes and and I was talking and or stretching out um, their hamstrings and just some people would sit and they get on the floor and just do different things and when you start to think about yourself and think okay I've got an hour of sitting here I'm just going to make the most of this hour and don't be afraid to you know sit or stand or stretch and things out obviously where it's appropriate for you to do that because I don't want to get in trouble but think of ways you can be more bring more movement into your life And so when we want to be healthy, we've got to get up and we've got to be active. Don't be afraid to pick your kids up. That's what is one of the most natural things for you to do. And too often we're afraid of hurting ourselves. And don't get me wrong, if you've got injuries or things like that, do be careful and make sure that you're doing it right. But this is the whole purpose of of forever fit is is creating this real health and wellness through exercise and through movement so that you can pick your kids up so you can go play tennis on the weekend so that you can thrive as a human being and human beings aren't designed to sit all day and they aren't designed they're designed to be able to use and move their body and so the more we get afraid of moving our body the more we're going to like surrender to it and the less we're going to be able to pick up heavy things as we get older. So take ownership of your body today and just start to get it stronger. So doing the workout so that you stay strong, so that you can pick your kid up and throw it into the air if if it's of the right size or you can play touch with the kids or just doing things that are really fun as a human being. The other thing as well is that posture really affects your energy so if you were to look look at yourself and your posture there are certain postures that exuberate energy and there's certain postures that don't so what can you do to your posture to help boost your energy up and help help to energize it so the other thing to think about as well is is there things in your house that can help you know motivate you to be more um more active and for me I make sure that so I've got like the kitchen is where I've got a stand-up bench or we've got a swiss ball that's that hangs out on the lounge and also a foam roller that hangs out on the lounge and we've got you know a beanbag and uh different things so that the when I when we're in the lounge, there's things in there that are actually motivating me, or they're in they're in your face to be a more active and mobile person. And so when you put things around you that are, that remind you to be more mobile and be more active, you're creating this environment that's going to help you get closer to your goals. Whereas if you 
don't have those things around you. Say, for example, you've got a TV in every single room. That's obviously not motivating you to be a more mobile and active person. So there's little things you can put around the place to help you be that person. And it might mean the difference between, like, you might have a magazine that sits on your table and one might be a magazine that motivates you to do something and one might be a magazine that makes you feel quite sad and depressed so or you might put books on your um, podcast or or it could be the difference between radio and podcast or it could be the difference between um, a good song and a bad song you know there's so many things that can affect your energy and affect the way that your body reacts to a day and if (laughs) I heard somebody say, like, so pets are one of the best things to help you make amazing lifestyle decisions. And so even when you're feeling your most tired and lethargic and you feel like being lazy, when you've got a dog there that's sitting on the ground and feeling sorry for itself with its eyes looking up to you, it makes your decisions of being of being lazy forgotten and it makes your decisions of being more healthy far more important this is the same for kids as well so don't get me wrong that I'm saying you've got to go out and get dogs if you don't have a dog same for kids it's and I can't remember when I heard it but it's something that has stuck with me forever and it's if your dog's tail is wagging it means it's really good feedback that your life is flowing in the right direction and this is so powerful like um yesterday it was a really yucky rainy day and um like every Sunday we I go for a hack usually on my horse and um Ben's been coming along on the bike and we've we've started to take Ellie with it as well and it is just the most the coolest thing like Ben's on the bike I'm on the horse and the dog's down on the side and we're off on this hack and you come home and everybody's tail is wagging you know it's just the perfect adventure life balancing thing for us to do on a weekend and at the end of a stressful day or the start of the day you know if the if the dog's sitting in the lounge you know with its eyes looking up to you and you haven't got yourself outside to get some vitamin d and you haven't taken the dog outside or you haven't played with the kids that's a really good indication that your life's not in balance today and so using little feedbacks like that are incredible for helping you get your life in balance and make sure your life's flowing in the right direction so <laughs> take that home if your dog's tail's not wagging or your kid's tails haven't had a play for the day just that's really a really good indication for you so just to start to find some more balance um, the other thing for you to to think about is make your good decisions in your life really convenient for you to make and make your bad decisions really inconvenient for you to make. Did I say that right? So your good decisions convenient and your bad decisions really inconvenient. So what can you do to remove bad decisions from your like from right in front of your face and this is where it comes to like your fridge and your pantry if you've got a bottle of wine or you've got chocolate chip biscuits that are sitting in your pantry or in your fridge and every time you open that fridge door you have to mentally tell yourself 
don't eat them, not today, I'm not allowed them today, I'm not having that today, don't eat them. It's a constant reminder and a constant puller at your energy sources for you to say no to that thing that's in your fridge. Whereas if it's not even there, that constant reminder is not going to be zapping your energy. You've just got food in your house that supports your good decisions. And so there's so so many factors that influence our energy throughout our day. And so little decisions like yes or no, and if you're constantly having to make them day in and day out, are going to give in because you've only got so much energy that your body can handle. So what can you do to make your environment more supportive of the right decisions and get the bad decisions out of your face? And so making sure that your lifestyle supports a more movement-orientated person, your fridge supports a more healthy and nourishing um, diet and that you're constantly doing things to build your energy up so that when you come to your day it's okay what can I do today to be a more active person so to take all of that away it's from this whole podcast it's like adrenal fatigue it's getting making sure you've got the yin and the yang of your life in order are you doing too many stressful things are you eating a diet that's stressful on your body Get that yin and yang approach right in your life so that you're balancing out your parasympathetic nervous system and your automatic sorry and your sympathetic nervous system and so you're getting that really good autonomic balance between the systems in your body so that you've got your life in order. And then get the balance right between you know in your lifestyle. Get your lifestyle right so that you're flowing in the right direction so that you've got good energy in your life so if you're spending a day sitting down you're going to feel like you want to spend the rest of the day sitting down whereas if you become more movement orientated you're doing things that fill your glass up even the act of picking some flowers and making an incredibly nourishing meal is enough to fill that glass up that little bit more making the bed and opening the doors and letting the sun stream into your lounge while you sit there and have a green tea or um, a herbal tea is is filling your glass up that little bit more doing things like taking five minutes to play with the dog play with the kids or have a laugh or have a have a hug is something that's filling your glass up that little more and the more you do to fill your glass up throughout the day the more energy you have and the more love you have to be able to want to do a workout and to want to get this great day happening ahead of you so become a more active person is what you want to do and get the balance right in your life so that is all for today's episode If you have got a question that you would like me to answer on next week's episode, please get in touch. Love to hear from you. Otherwise, I will see you soon for next week's episode.